Welcome to the Open to Hope Show. I'm your host, Dr. Gloria Horsley, with my daughter and co-host. Dr. Heidi Horsley. Well, Heidi, we're going to be talking about uh, getting in touch with uh, mother loss and grief, and we've got a great guest on today. We're going to be talking with Mangda Sangwon Peng, and I met Mangda and uh, the Grief Leadership Collective that we're both a member of, and she is the founder of BASI, which is a platform focused on grief and loss. Uh, she's been awarded awarded the recipient of the Reclamation Ventures Grant for Leaders Addressing Grief. Her work has been featured in Vogue, Herbed, the Chakruna Institute, and more. So welcome to the show, Mangda. Thank you both for having me. I'm so excited to chat with both of you. Yeah, you know, Mangda, um, it's interesting. We've been in the field of grief and loss for many years, and uh, our number one visit at our website is adults losing parents. So we were very interested in the fact that you lost your mom. And um, I, I was listening to a recording you did with somebody about it. it was quite quite compelling about losing her and how you're an artist, right? Before mom died. That's correct. Yeah. And that mm -hmm. moved you into a whole different direction. It's true. It really did. It was such a life-changing event, of course, quite unexpected. My mother was very young, um, so she passed at 48 years old. Mm. And, you know, just the way that my experience went, um, we were in a very small town. She was in a home setting. And um, unfortunately, there wasn't a lot of support during that experience. So. Um, I was really tending to her throughout her entire transition and into her final moments. And that really became the catalyst into all the work that I'm extremely passionate about now. Um, and yes, it's it's quite an experience to lose a parent, especially when you're still, you know, a young adult. And, so yeah. Bang, your mom was 48 and you were in your early 20s? Uh, late 20s, early late 30, 20s. As 30. Mm -hmm. That's really young for your mom to die, and it's really mm -hmm. young not to have a mom. I know that sometimes you get people get stuck in those narratives in their heads about those last minutes, and when they're trying to heal, it's hard because they have those those thoughts. And I'm wondering if that was true of you, and if so, how you worked your way through that. As much as we all want to hope and wish for a beautiful passing, and some folks get that, that was not my experience either. It's you know, it was very sensory, sights, smells, the feeling of everything, um, not beautiful, like the way in which that we would deem beauty or dignified death or um, an ideal passing. And so I struggled with that for years, like continually having the same um, senses and images and flashbacks because it's trauma, it's a very traumatic experience and it's very jarring. Um, and I just found myself, whether it was intuitively or just needing to, because it was so overwhelming, I needed to expel in some way. I needed to move these emotions and these feelings and these memories. So I found so many different ways to do that, outlets, um, in terms of just needing to purge literally on paper by writing all the time. I found that was just something that I continually did is I just needed to constantly write and write and write and let it out in some way and Not crying different. physically, you know, like physically wailing or just like crying if I could do that. I always journaled and I found that 
I really got into automatic writing, meaning I just was literally without thinking, any feelings, any thoughts, no judgments. Like, and I think that's why I use the word purging. It feels like I'm just purging. It's just moving through my hand. And I felt that was very helpful. Um, and I found in terms of like being with others speaking. Um, so the journaling and the creating that felt very private to me. And I think because it was so, um, again, challenging and traumatic and um, I don't even think I could really speak about those things. I think that's why it was really helpful to have my private practices and eventually connecting with others, connecting with others about their losses was immensely helpful. Hearing other people's stories. How long did it take for you to connect with other people? It sounds like you were private about it for a while. I would say, um, I'd say almost a year or under a year, like maybe six months because this was pre-pandemic and a lot of the folks in my community or friendship circles, um, no one else had really experienced a loss and I felt like it was very isolating. No one was talking about grief. No one was talking about death. Um, I did go to therapy, which was really helpful to have that support for sure. But I think it was really, um, yeah, quite a private grieving process. Mm -hmm. And how about in the beginning? I know you were, mm -hmm. you know, he was there. You were the main person taking care of it. But how was he and how's he through it? Oh, it's extremely challenging because I think it was so hard for him to deal with. Um, this was a woman that he created an entire life with, that he was with since he was as young as I think 18 or 20. And this is the only woman that he's known. So I think that he, he really had to, I think, internalize a lot and really having to retell stories in a certain way to kind of get through that. And I think it was helpful anytime that I would try and talk to him about it, which was great. So talking to each other about it was immensely helpful. Um, even if it's as uh, uh, the conversation asking, hey, have you had any dreams of mom lately? Or how have you been feeling about things? So, but for me, yeah, I personally had done a lot of rituals and practices to get through my own grieving and processing. Were those some of them liation? Yeah, I found myself um, creating altars, um, small altars, and that was a way that was very tangible and physical to kind of tend to something. So one thing that would be on my altar would be perhaps it's my mother and there's fresh flowers and like a little um, component of water and changing that water. So it kind of, you know, I felt like very, um, again, I guess the way is like kind of tending to something else, tending to my grief, tending to my loss. When did you start Bossy, which I know is a platform focused on grief and loss? Once I was able to open up a little bit, one of my friends told me about end of life doulas. And so once I felt ready, I took the certification and everything clicked for me. I was extremely passionate and still passionate about understanding our relationship to the end of life and integrating the end of life into our day, daily life. So in a very holistic way. Um, and from that, I was like, I, I wanna start having these conversations. I wanna start connecting with other people. And that's when I created Bossy is it really started intuitively. It felt so healing to create it. It felt 
um, a very healing response to my experience, to my mother, and then building community around that, building conversations by just getting on Zoom. It started with just a weekly COVID meetup where it's just, what are we experiencing? We're losing our sense of daily life. We're losing so many different types of losses. Then it turned into grief support groups. And then it turned into even creative ways to work with our grief. So creating arts through conversations, um, meditations. And I've been doing this work since 2020. And then working with individuals, working with communities, and then working with different kinds of organizations and bringing grief education or grief support to, to Wait, them as well. What was your background before this all happened? I have always been immersed in the healing arts. So meaning I had been living in India and learning yoga, breath work, meditation. Um, I've learned a lot of my own different practice with like energy work. Um, and yeah, and that's all woven into this work itself. Do you talk a little bit more about the death doula? Death doulas or end of life doulas are non-medical support guides to help you navigate the end of life process. It's individuals, non-medical support that are helping you. And so this was really emergent as we started seeing a demand of needing more support. Um, maybe hospice has less time with you or hospitals have less time with you as you're navigating all these different components of end of life. So a death doula could help you pre-death, whether you're planning your death, you wanna start um, setting up end of life planning, wills, whatnot, maybe emotional and spiritual work, really getting you more comfortable with the dying or death process, helping you alleviate any kinds of fears or anxieties. And then doulas can come in while there is dying to support the family or whomever their client may be. And then they also can come in at the end after a death, helping with the, the grieving, any kind of death tasks that need to happen, managing accounts, closing accounts, your home. Um, it's a very vast scope. There's definitely um, handfuls of accredited spaces, organizations that will train you. So really that looks like volunteering in hospice or with end of life individuals, and then um, really getting in the nitty gritty of these different end of life institutions, learning about the actual dying process, um, learning about funeral industries, learning about um, end of life planning and learning about how to support individuals emotionally. It would be wonderful <laughs> to have somebody help you through the whole the whole process, mm -hmm. particularly afterward of, you know, staying mm -hmm. stable and setting things up and uh, doing all that kind of thing. Very interesting. I know you have talked about meditation. I uh, I wanted to know about that and death and rebirth. You have a mm -hmm. couple of things that you, you do with people, I think, that have had a loss. Yep. So I personally have found my meditation practice to be very helpful for me. And so that's something that I've just cultivated for many years now. Um, that is a practice I like to bring into any kind of brief groups or spaces when I'm doing it um, with practices. So, you know, I think traditionally grief groups can just be speaking. So I like to hold my grief groups by doing a short meditation um, and really just getting present and grounded and seeing, you know, what's going on inside of us. And then um, I have been doing death meditations, and I don't know if anyone's been familiar with this. Um, it's an old practice that emerged, you know, through bold, uh, Buddhist uh, practices, and the idea is really getting 
in touch with your impermanence presently. And that really invokes typically a completely new experience for you and meaning um, folks that experiences tend to feel rejuvenated, more at peace, less um, anxious or fearful of death, um, more grateful is a huge one. Um, and that's kind of like the symbolic rebirth that you may experience by doing something like that is getting so close to that. So how long has it been for you since your mama died? Uh, over four years now. Okay. And, mm -hmm. and it's been a process for you to move through. And, you know, are you still having any flashback memories of, are you still uncomfortable around anything? And, you know, what do you do with that? It's just so fascinating to think about how the shape of grief changes for me, at least how different my grief was in the beginning till now. Um, these flashbacks have definitely alleviated and I would say really, I don't really get them. I think because I am in my therapy practice, I'm still continually reflecting and working through things. There's still moments of memory. So, Mangda, I'm wondering, what is the hardest thing about not having your mother here? Oh, I think there's so many things, you know, I think there's this sense of loss of what could be, what kind of relationship we could continue to formulate, what kind of um, experiences we could have. I think my relationship with my mother was complicated. So that makes this grief very complicated. And I think, yeah, there's just a sense of not having a mother to call, you know, and we can find that through others, right? Through friendships or community and whatnot, but not having a, a mother is, I think, just, yeah. Well, very and, I'm, and I'm thinking, you know, our, you know, my mom and I work together, but our relationship is constantly changing and evolving as I get older. And, you know, it's not stagnant. And like you said, there's, but there's times where relationships are complicated, mm -hmm. but we feel like we have a long time to work through them. Right. And you don't realize, I mean, when your mom dies at 48, you, it's, you just feel like, well, it's like my brother dying young too. Well, we would have had a lifetime to work through these things. Yep. You know, and just exactly. Chapters, different chapters in our relationship. Exactly. Exactly. Well, tell us um, more about your organization and what you're doing. Sure. So Bossy right now has primarily been operating online. So I have been working with folks all around the world. And, um, you know, now that things have been easing up a bit, I think I'd love to have much more in person. But um, you can always be checking out events. I have actually a Mother's Day event with Reimagine coming up. Um, I'm always doing typically grief groups. Um, and I love to have this uh, offering called You Exist, which is really getting you um, intimate with the end of life and you go through your own death and rebirth uh, meditation. And so that's a month long journey that has been incredible. Um, and yes, I have supportive products like uh, flower essences that help folks through grief and grief kits that are so great. Um, I work locally with individuals here in New Jersey um, that are creating handcrafted candles and just it's making a kit for those that have lost someone. Um, and you can reach me online very easily. You can email me, you can find me on social media. Mm -hmm. And to, to give us your site. It is B-A-C-I-I dot co, bossy dot co.
All right. Well, thank you so mm -hmm. much for being on the show today and for everything you're doing for the world in the name of your mom and, and mm -hmm. all the people you're helping. Thank you. Thank you so much for having me. Thank you so much, Mangda. And thank you for helping people find hope after loss. And I feel that your mother is your guiding light. Mm, thank you. Thank you so much. And thank everybody for joining us on the show today. And Heidi, and I always want to remind you that if you've lost hope, please lean on ours until you find your own. And God bless. I'm Dr. Heidi Horsley. You have been listening to Open to Hope, the podcast. You can follow Open to Hope on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. To learn more, visit us at opentohope.com and go to Apple Podcasts to subscribe. I'm Dr. Gloria Horsley. Join us again next week for another Open to Hope conversation, where we invite you to lean on our hope until you find your own.